Welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Hi, this is Kathy Sweetler, and I work with University of Illinois Extension and love to talk about personal financial um, management. That's my area. And I'm joined today by Seisha. Seisha, you want to say hi? Hello. And we are both going to be um, talking about who should pay for college, paying for college and who should do it and how to do it. That tends to be one of those areas that has a lot of potential for conflict, um, not only between the maybe the parents or the heads of the households and the student, but also sometimes between the two parents or the different people who are involved in paying for it, because it's just one of those big expenses and nobody's quite sure how to tackle it. So, um, Seisha, I know that, you know, we've been talking about why do you think this is like such a complicated topic? I think that one of the reasons that who should pay for college is such a complicated topic is because there's no like black and white about it. There's no like, Oh, like everyone, like everyone knows that the student pays for it or everyone knows that the parent pays for it or that loans pay for it. There's no, like, there's no, one set box it goes into, like it can be funded from multiple sources and different ways. So I think that's one of the reasons why that it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint who should pay for it. And that's why it's so it's like, a, it's kind of like a hot button topic. Like when we talk about this in general, so Definitely. I know I've talked to lots of different um, couples who are really struggling to come to consensus on this topic before they even approached it with their um, their child or their young adult. So I thought maybe as we kind of get warmed up to this topic that it might help to look at like who you know, how does college typically get paid? And of course, no one family is the typical family, um, but it might give us some sense of it. And it really comes back to what you were saying is that um, people use really a variety of sources to mm -hmm. pay for college. Um, and taking a look at Sally May's report, How America Pays for College 2018, we find that there are three common sources, um, parent income, scholarships, and grants. But even of those common sources, only two two-thirds of the families are even using those. So, you know, like you said, there's no right or wrong here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, kind of delving down into that, though, um, it, when you start looking at it, you can see that almost half of the expenses, 47%, are paid by income and savings from the parents and the student combined, with the majority, 75% of that, coming straight from the parents. Wow, that's a lot of money coming from parents. It is a lot of money coming from parents. Um, but I thought it was really kind of interesting, actually, that um, a good percentage of that, 20% was from current income, not from savings. So just because I, I didn't kind know of, that like, that's people a really, had that kind of cash flow available. Yeah, that's a lot of, I mean, 20% of your income, like of your current expenses going towards paying for a child's college education, that's a lot of money. Yeah, well, 20% of the total cost. Okay, total cost. Income, okay. Per se. okay. But still, it was an average of $5,000 a year, which, again, is a lot of money. That is a lot of money for a lot so, of people. 
people clearly are diverting monies from other places um, to help their students um, go to college. And it could be from not just day-to-day living expenses, but it could be, for example, maybe somebody who had been putting away money for retirement stops that for a while to put mm-hmm. money towards um, college. Or maybe I know a lot of families that have taken on a second job. Um, I know my husband did that um, when it was time for our kids to go to college so mm-hmm. we'd have more income flow. Um, anyway, going back to all those things, another 28% of the total cost is from scholarships and grants, which nobody has to pay back. So that's, that's a good the, thing. Those are the best dollars, right? Yes. And we love those. then, <laughs> yeah, don't we all love those? Um, and then borrowing money. That's another big piece that we hear about in the news quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, Typically, it looks like about 24% of the total expenses. And then in, to round it all out, another 1% to 2% of dollars are from extended family and friends. Okay. So could be those graduation gifts from high school. Could be, you know, money helped out here and there. Or it could be like a grandparent who has funds to give as well. That's true. That's another good example. Yeah. So... Um, so what we see is, is there's income and savings from both the parent and the students. There's scholarships and grants. And then there's borrowing. Those kind of are the, the big areas of where people are finding money to pay for college. So a mix. Yes. So one thing that um, Kathy and I did for our listeners out there was that we actually posted this on our personal Facebook pages and we asked who should pay for college. And so it was really an interesting mix. I felt like Kathy. Um, Oh my gosh. And our Facebook messages just blew up. It did blow up. Like got a lot of responses. Obviously this is a hot button. Like Kathy had over 30 comments and I had over 50 comments. So like, I just couldn't believe how many people like really wanted to chime in and talk about like their experiences or what they plan to do for their children. Uh, it was, it was kind of, it was all over the board too, which kind of makes it sound like, you know, like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's just like, there's like lots of gray and different shades of gray. So, and I think a lot of people kind of feeling their way through it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I have sort of probably older friends than you do on the majority. And a lot of people said it depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the fun, you know, the total answer was like, well, we might have planned to do it this way, but then life happens or, you know, for a particular student, certain things work and other things don't. So it depends. But we did have a lot of people who were like, had had some pretty strong feelings about whether it should be the parent mostly or the student mostly. Yes. On my page, there seemed to be a lot more of like of that kind of divide. There were uh, a lot of people who said it depends, but there were people like on the other end of the spectrum. Like I had a few people say that, you know, the parents should be. Um, I had a few people who said that they had their education paid for by their parents. And while they were extremely blessed, you know, they, they might not do it the same way for their children. And then I had people who were like, well, if you're 18, you're an adult and you'd pay for it yourself. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is like the crazy, like it was just such a, and like, but the one thing I I think that was really nice was like, no one was really disrespectful to anyone else about their choice. Um, and I kind of made that comment at the end, like, uh, just like thanking everyone for, you know, their contribution. So, yeah, I, you're right. I think we had really good conversations about it on our Facebook page and that, um, 
clearly, well, people ha had strong values related to it in terms of things like independence, you know, when is a young adult independent, um, future financial security of that child, how much, you know, I heard, saw a lot about, well, I, I wouldn't want them to have all that debt. I want them to get off to a good start. So mm -hmm. I want to try to help if I can. Um, and then we had a lot of comments about having skin in the game, why it was important oh, for yeah. the student <laughs> to have a vested, as in like dollars, vested interest in this college degree. So let's talk about that comment, because um, I saw it more than once and on your page, on my page, like, I don't know what skin in the game looks like per se, like, what does it look like for every family? Because I don't think skin in the game for like my child looks the same as like my best friend's child. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that it really depends on who your child is. Yes. And I think that's an excellent point because some people were talking about, well, they need to work in the summer and have enough money to pay for their own entertainment or clothes or something mm -hmm. during the school year. Other people were like, they need to pay for the whole way. Um, and those are pretty big differences. Those are real differences. <laughs> so like, let me give you, I, I want to give you this example because I think it's, it's kind of important to kind of see where this could go. Um, so I was a highly motivated college student. And while, uh, I went to a big university, uh, you can look it up if you want to know, really know where I went. Um, but I, I, you know, there were a lot of, I felt like what I would call maybe like weed out classes. And so the, um, you know, like tests were multiple choice. They were kind of difficult. And one of those classes that I took was macroeconomics and macroeconomics. While I understood the concepts when it came down to actually like you know, taking the test and doing all that, like I actually failed it the first time, failed it the second time. And I actually had to enroll at a different university to complete the course and pass it, which to me sounds like, um, I maybe wasn't, maybe, you know, there are some pieces like maybe it wasn't motivated or maybe it wasn't smart. And that's not the case. Like, um, for me, it was like, I, I wanted to succeed and I wanted to do really well, but where I'm going with this is like, if I had to have skin in the game and like, let's say my parent was like, Hey, every time you fail a class, you have to pay me back for that. Like I would be, I would be devastated because just because I couldn't get through the course. So and that's, I think where it comes down to that sort of a depends answer mm -hmm. is obviously if somebody isn't committed to, to going to college and then they're not putting their best effort in, then I think, there'd be a fair amount of agreement among um, our friends that, hey, that's not skin in the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not vested. You're not trying your best. You're not showing up for classes. This is not the right place. And yeah. I'm not I'm not interested in paying for that. Um, but, you know, again, that could just depend like your situation on this class. That was it was just not a good t match between that teacher's teaching style and your learning style, yes. most likely. Um, but there could be other scenarios where it would be like, obviously, you know, maybe this isn't the right degree for you. Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't your strength. Um, it's just really hard to see that even at the time, but certainly when somebody is um, heading off to college. Like you just have no real idea as a parent how they're going to exactly do and what's going to turn out to be their, their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. so. I can tell you like looking back on it now, like 
um, skin in the game would have been really difficult for me because I was already struggling with the class. So like, right. you know, the first semester, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're almost, you know, you're right. Like I didn't do, it was great the first time. Okay. Maybe I wasn't invested or motivated, or maybe I didn't go to class, but like, obviously after I frail it the first time, like I'm going to do really hard the second time I went to TA hours and like, I had like a study buddy and like we took, and like, I just did not do very well with this professor. So having to go through it a third time at a different university, you know, like, I was like, oh, thank God I finally got through it. But it just, it was really difficult. So I think. Yeah, I do think I, I read into the comments and just, I know from my experience with my sons that I really wanted though, for them to have some sense of like the value of money and Mm -hmm. like to be thinking about the cost of things, not to be overriding their experience at the, at college, but at Mm -hmm. least to understand there is a cost to this so that they would keep trying and really make that effort. Um, and be, you know, make some good choices about finishing up on time and doing things like that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just a, there's probably a continuum in there, you know, like for example, um, we started out as parents telling our sons that we needed them to be working during the school year, not a lot of hours, but like 10 to 15 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But then And I had done that uh, when I was a college student. So it made sense to me. It didn't make sense to my husband who didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was a conflict that um, my husband and I had about whether that was legitimate or not. Did that represent skin in the game? Uh, But we went with my opinion on it. (laughs) 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 And then... We found that that they, what we were hearing was, you know, I'm just not getting everything in. So I'm going to drop this class this semester so I can, you know, keep working and get good grades in the other classes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jonathan pointed out, you know, if it takes them longer to finish this degree and they're making minimum wage at these jobs on campus, we're not winning here financially. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not making any sense. This is going to cost us more as a family, both, you know, from, from my pocket, um, as well as my students pocket. So we kind of backed off on that requirement. Mm -hmm. We started it with good intentions, but then decided it wasn't making sense for our family. So we still, people worked in the summer and saved up that money, but, um, not, not so much during the school year. I can agree um, with that to an extent because I remember um, I actually worked three and a half years of the four years I went to school. I just remember that last semester, like being so like thankful that I didn't have to work. Um, It just came, it was just such a nice, like kind of gift to myself to be like, Oh, don't have to do, don't have to go to work today. I can just go to class and like focus on class and get that, you know, get that done with. So it was a nice little breather. I mean, so it's interesting because some research shows and for some people having that work experience might keep you more grounded, might mm-hmm. help you with your time management, um, comes back to, it depends. Might yes. have to give it a try to find out how it works. Um, I think another, like delving back into our Facebook comments, um, cause I do have a lot of financial planning friends. And so I think that one of the points that one of my friends was like, you should also be funding for retirement. And maybe Kathy and I have different opinions about this. Um, we can we can obviously have a discussion about it. But I do think it's important to, you know, even if you are funding, if you can fund, so if you have to fund something, I think you're, she should be funding for retirement. Um, if you can fund both, then that's great. But I, you know, I, I think that we also have to look at, you know, 
where do the dollars lie? So that's my first point. So we can come back to that, Kathy. I feel like there's, there's something you want to say. Multiple points here. Go yes, on. yes, yes. But the second point, um, I'll come back to it. I don't remember now, but we'll come back to it. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things too, where maybe this isn't black and white. Yeah. Maybe it's true. not yeah. just, you know, maybe it's not retirement or saving for kids education. Mm -hmm. When I talk to people, I don't think most people are thinking one or the other. They're thinking mm -hmm. about both. Yes. Um, it, unless they're of the mindset, you know, once you're 18, you're on your own type thing, Yes. which is fine. Everybody has to make those choices themselves, but it comes down to, you know, your personal values. What, where are your, what do you think is the importance here? And I mean, I know one of the things that I, what, was clear to me is that I truly believe that a college education is a good return on dollars. And so I really wanted my sons to go to college if that's what they wanted to do. If they wanted to do something else, that's fine. But something like beyond, most likely they were going to need training beyond high school, mm -hmm. whether it was vocational or college. And I wanted to have the dollars to assist with that. Um, and, you know, even there was a study that was done well, in 2014, which is pretty recent, and it still finds that um, there's, you know, a high return for a bachelor's or an associate degree, mm -hmm. and they outweighs the costs um, with both degrees earning a return of about 15% over the past decade, 2014 back. And okay. so I wanted my, my sons to have that potential return from their income, because that'll be 30 plus years, right? Or 30 years of yeah. working. So if I had to say, well, do I want to live really well in retirement or do I want my sons to have the potential to have that kind of return? Um, I probably would have picked my sons first. Now, luckily I was able to do both. Um, but our plan was that when we, they went off to college, if we didn't have enough to pay for college, we would have stopped saving for retirement and put more towards college at that point, which I'm wondering, looking at how much people are putting towards current costs, if that's not an uncommon thing to do. I mean, the, the, the dollar amount you said was $5,000 a year that they assisted of current income that went towards, I think that's probably where some of that's coming from is that retirement that they're kind of off putting. Um, true. It could also be things like trips or a mm -hmm. new car yeah, or could all be. those other things that are come, people might be doing, but that's a significant amount. So would have, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if some of it's coming out of retirement savings, either putting more into retirement savings. Well, I mean, I guess back to the point I was trying to make is like, I do think most people pick both. Like I agree with you there, but, um, you know, like if, if you could only do one, like what I was just trying to say was I think that retirement is like the one that if you can only pick one, like pick one, I guess is what I'm just also trying to say. Like just pick one, do it. And <laughs> yeah, just do it, just do it. Um, but I think that if you want to do both and you're struggling to do both, like, you know, maybe just start out the education fund smaller, like at least like True. get something, get something in your 401k that can get matched. Like at least get the match is what, I guess what also I'm trying to say is like, if you, if that's all you do, then just do that. Like if that's all you can do, um, you know, but if you, even if you start with like as little as $25 and a, a 529 plan for that education fund for your kid, like that's, that's better than nothing. And like one of the, sorry, one of the, the tools that I've been accessing and using, and I know that a lot of my 
my financial friends, friends do is like before the baby's even born, like one of my friends did like a baby pool and like, you could guess like when the baby was going to be born and like their eye color and their hair and like half of the money went to the, the education fund, which I thought was kind of fun. But I also, since my son is still little, he just turned three, any money that comes our way, we just put in there. Cause he doesn't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he'll, he'll know when he's older, but like when we also talk about like the time value of money, like the longer it's in there, the better. So like, like anybody who ever gives us like $25 for Marcus's birthday goes right in there. So it's been kind of nice. And those $25 add up. They so, do. you know, I, again, I think starting to save for your kid's college education mm-hmm. early on um, is a great strategy. At the same time, I agree with you that we have to think about ourselves as well mm-hmm. and start putting things away for retirement. I just don't know that I could have chosen one over another. Um, but different people might see that differently. Yes. And I also have, a, you know, sort of a, a different, this kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, but there's also the question when it comes down to borrowing money, mm-hmm. what we're seeing is that both the parents and the students are borrowing money so that the student can go to college. And to me, that's like a whole nother question. Do I want to borrow money that I have to repay back um, so they can go to college? And I'm, I'm not so sure that I would go that far. So it's funny where my line is, I think. And I think for a lot of people, that line, they're going to do anything for their kid. Like one of my Facebook friends was like, I'm going to work extra. Like I'm going to work until they, you know, I'm dead. If, if that's what it takes to get them through college. And I think, you know, they have to be mindful of, you know, like if something happens to your child, you're like, you know, and they pass away or, um, those experiences, or if they just don't produce as much and you have, you might have to pay that back. Like, especially if you do a parent plus loan, like you are on the hook for that parent plus loan. Um, I think it's just something to think about. And that's another good point. So when you get those parent plus loans, then legally the parent is responsible to pay them back. But when we talk about how important it is to have good communication with your student, this is an excellent example. So maybe as a parent, you took out that loan, but you were thinking, oh, but it's for the students. So they'll pay it Mm -hmm. back. But legally, you're the one responsible for it. And um, looking at, again, that Sally May report, only one third of the families expected that the parent who borrowed to pay for college will take sole re- responsibility for repaying that loan. So that could be a big surprise to a student if they thought that. Oh, yeah. Mom and dad were going to pay for it. Right. And then the parent thought they were going to be paying for it. And I've definitely had that conversation with people here and there. Um So, you know, another point to clarify, if your name's on it, you you owe owe that money, you owe it. And I've had, you know, people call me and say, well, I never really thought I was the one going to have to pay for it. I thought I'd be saving for retirement now, not paying back this student loan, but I can't Mm -hmm. get them to pay for it. And it's like, that's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother podcast, Kathy. <laughs> I mean, really, yes, but I'm just throwing it out there as yeah. we start thinking about, you know, who should pay for college? Is it the parents or the student? Mm-hmm. And really does come back to one of those resounding themes that we have on these podcasts is just, you need to talk about this stuff. You need to have communication about it. So everybody's on the same page about expectations and what it's going to look like throughout the whole college process. I think, um, it also kind of comes back to having this discuss, like just even having conversations with your kids about like, what is expected of them? Like, do you want to go to college? Like, 
I think that's a good question to ask, but also just like that expectation of like, Hey, we know when you get older, we really would like you to go to college and we are saving for you because there is a lot of research out there that's, um, done by, um, child savings accounts that says that, you know, children who know that they're saving for them will actually perform better in school, which is like a really great point to make because, you know, kids, if they don't know they're being safe for, like, they don't know that, like, they don't know that they, that they're, they have these things in mind for them for their future. That's right. So knowing that's a potential. And also, I think when you have put money away for your college education or training afterwards, so I'm not, it could be, it could be all kinds of training. It could be an AA degree. It could be a vocational training, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Um, I think it says to that student, Hey, I believe that you're capable of doing this and that this is, you know, part of your future. So they have that mindset as well. I think this is a great thing to, 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 to tell kids, like, I think you're capable, I know that you're capable of doing this. I know that you are smart enough to do that. That's a great positive motivator for any kid. I think. Yes. So, um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was since you kind of brought it up about vocational school, I was having, um, I was talking about this with my sister and we were having a discussion about like, she is a con, um, she's a contractor and she, you know, um, they build things and there's all sorts of things. And she's like, you know, it's really great if the architect makes a beautiful building, but if you don't have people who can do the plumbing or the electrical work, like your, your building doesn't, it's not going to matter. So, you know, I think we have to really think about is college for everyone. And if it's not, those vocational things are really great for people because they still make a really good amount of money. There's tons of work for those electricians, those plumbers, those kind of people out there. Absolutely. And I don't think it takes away that question, though, of like who should pay for it. It's Mm -hmm. still there's still costs associated with um, getting into the trades. If you decide you want to start your own business, there's going to be upfront costs that Mm -hmm. need, you know, money needs to be available for that. Um, So so when you're a young parent and trying to think about, like, do I need to be putting money away or not? My answer would be, yeah, put away money for it because you'll use it one way or the other. Yes. So, you know, it'll, it'll get used. If it's not used, like, let's say it's not used for education. It could be used for a down payment on a first house or helping pay for a wedding or whatever that money ends up being paid for. Like it will be used, I guess. So right. Saving for your kid anyway is important. Um, even if it's just as little as, you know, $5 a week or a dollar every, whatever it needs to be, you know? And we've been throwing out that number, you know, saving in a 529 plan. Um, a 529 plan is a tax advantage way to set aside money for um, post-secondary education. So mm-hmm. it's not just for colleges or a four-year degree. Um, it can also be for a two-year degree or for vocational training. So... Um, keep that in mind. We're not trying, it, it works in all kinds of cases. And if for some reason um, your child or student doesn't choose to go to post-secondary education, it can be changed to over for the money to another sibling or really anybody in an immediate, immediately extended family. So it can also be <laughs> over to a cousin or something like that. So, and you can pull the money out if you don't have that need at all, um, there'll just be some penalties on the earnings, but you've got, um, you know, it's not like the money just goes away. 
So, um, the other point I think I was trying to make earlier, I was thinking about things was, um, I, so again, I was having this conversation with my sister and she said, you know, like I knew that I wanted to have children. Like I knew my whole life, like that's what I wanted to do was I not like that she wanted to grow up and be a mom, but that she really did want children. And so there were periods of time where they, they were not able to conceive. And she said that, um, you know, in, in between that time when she was a dual income, uh, no kids or what we call dinks. Sorry. Um, you know, that she actually started saving for these future children. So, um, and when she said, you know, I could put a good dollar amount in when they were born into their, their 529 plan. So I think that's something else to think about too. Like, um, on the other, on the flip side, like maybe you already have children, but maybe if you don't have children already, like that's another way to contribute as well. Good points. Um, Let's talk a little bit about families who really don't have an, have the money available to save. Okay. Um, then when we we I still think there's room for this conversation about who's going to pay the parent or the child, even if you're not able to put money away for savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think it's really important to have these conversations so that um, everybody involved has a realistic picture of what is financially a, you know, can the family do financially and maybe not, you know, but this is okay. So that all sounds good. I think everybody's like, okay, yeah. Conversation. That sounds good. Um, but then I think when we get to that sticking point, that conflict is like, should the parent say no to a student if they choose, you know, too expensive a college to apply to go to, or if they want to borrow more money than the parent thinks is a good idea? And I realize that the students are 18 and they can make some of their own decisions, but still parents have a lot of influence in that decision making, mm-hmm. I believe. So. Yes. What do you think? Do you think parents should say no? So maybe it's just because I'm biased, but I was told no. Um, I wanted to go to a private school in Nebraska. I had these big dreams that I was going to be a music teacher and, you know, like conquer the world musically, Um, you know, but when it push came down to shove, like how much it costs, plus, you know, living out of state, paying out of state tuition, uh, you know, my parents are like, "Mm, no, Seisha, you can't go to your private college school of your dreams, even though you got a scholarship and it's fine. So I'm not bitter about it at all. But, um, you know, I, I think that it, it really comes down to the parents. And I think that, you know, you know, your child well enough and, um, I think that that's a big piece of it too, is like knowing your child. Um, but you know, I, if they're able to get a scholarship, then, you know, that's a different story, but I think that, I think it's okay to say no. I think, you know, looking at things realistically, like I like what your parents did, you were able to apply, see what the final dollar amount would be, because sometimes, like you said, scholarships could bring it down to where it would be affordable. Um, But being able to look at that and say, you know, realistically, this is not a good financial choice for our family. Mm -hmm. And you have some other good choices available to you. Um, That makes sense to me, but that's my personal values. So other people might think about it, but there is some research that really kind of does back that a little bit too. And that is, it can be very problematic if somebody starts at a place that's too expensive and then can't finish. Mm -hmm. And then they have to like stop until they get more money when that's has an official name called stop out, which means you left school with the intention of returning. But unfortunately when people 
when students stop out, they significantly reduce their likelihood of completing their degrees. Um, So that's a problem. That is a big problem. Yeah. And 41% in one of the studies that was looking at this, um, one of the reasons that students said they stopped out was because they couldn't afford the school, um, often because they had financial obligations to their families that they had to help out with their fam- for their families' um, finances, mm-hmm. or it could have been things like the cost of housing costs. But either way, having a sense of what can we afford and what's the four-year plan here rather than can we afford the first semester or the first year, I think can really help people start making choices. Um, if it's too expensive, then what are the other choices available is, for example, community college where you can live at home um, initially. Mm-hmm. Would that help out? Can you afford to do that and then transfer? That's just one example of a way to manage expenses. So talking about just like piggybacking off the idea of community college, I think that um, we talked about this um, previously and we were talking about how, you know, the cost of tuition is only like really half of your expenses as a college student that, you know, at least 50% of everything else is like your room and board, your food, all that's so like looking at it from a holistic standpoint, when we're talking about like, how much does it actually cost? Like, that's what we're, you know, Kathy made a good point of like looking at the four years instead of just like that first year or that first semester. That's right. So you may say, okay, this is where I'm going to go to school and I can't really control the tuition. That's something I'm going to have to pay. But can you cut back on how much you're paying for housing and food Mm -hmm. and entertainment? And again, maybe you're only saving yourself, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year. Well, if you go to college for four years, that's Mm 8,000, maybe more. That's a lot more when you start looking at having to repay a loan. So Keeping those costs down can, again, make a big difference over your whole college career and help out at that end end point where you have to start, you know, paying back loans and stuff like that. Yes. Because that happens really quickly, that that payback does. It does. uh, Within six months of, of, you know not going full-time anymore. So that's right. And at the time it may, you may think, Oh, what does it really matter if I pay 150 more a month on rent? Well, add it up, run it through a calculator. You'll be surprised what the difference is. Well, I was a person who always like, I, I know the one of the ways to, you know, cut costs is to have a roommate, but, um, you know, I was not a person who was good at sharing. So I had, I also had pets too. Like, you know, if you've heard the, should we get a pet? You know that I have lots of cats. Um, but like, that was a really, something that was really important to me. So I always, um, but I always did shop around. So that's another thing. Like I did shop around for apartments that would allow pets to see if I could, you know, find a place that was still good, but you know, cost effective. So that's right. So everybody's again, comes back to, they have to decide what's a high priority for them and what they want to do. Um, and we're just offering different strategies that might work for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may not work for, it obviously won't work for everybody. Yes, that's very true. Another strategy that I thought when I was just kind of reading things and looking around was don't forget to, you know, complete your FAFSA every year. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the year you graduate when you start going into college, but every year after that apply for things. Um, You might be surprised what university um, scholarships or grants are available that may turn up when you, you put those forms in. 
Um, and also there's some research that shows that, you know, when people don't complete the FAFSA, they may be on average leaving almost $4,000 out there that they could have gotten um, from a grant or a scholarship. Uh, the study looked specifically at Pell eligible grants one year. So that's a lot of know, money, Kathy, to leave on the table. It is. It is. And I think too often I hear from people, well, it was complicated or I missed the deadline or I didn't think I'd get anything. That's probably the one I'm actually the most concerned about is I didn't think I would get anything. Well, give it a try. If you don't ask, the answer is no. That's right. That's one of my favorite sayings. They're not say. all need-based. <laughs> yes. Some are need-based, but not all. Oh. And in, you may be surprised what need-based really means, too. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so looking back at, uh, so kind of on the same lines of like, should parents say no to a college that's too expensive? I think also thinking about degrees and degree programs um, and just kind of having that conversation. Because one of my friends did talk about wanting to major in philosophy. And um, I think that that's an important piece too, is like looking at having your child, your student look at what is the degree, how much is like the average person making out of their degree, you know, like what's the retention rate and uh, after placement and those kind of things, just kind of seeing like what, again, what's the bigger picture here? Like, um, you know, if you want to go into underwater basket weaving, that's cool. You know, that's, if that's your spiel, that's great. And you're really great at it. You can make lots of money. That's cool. But not everyone makes tons of money underwater basket weaving. Well, I think this is one of those things where, you know, I might have to agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and again, because it's not clear what you ought to say yeah. on these things, but we have different values, but yeah. talking is good. Um, you know, I think, a lot of the problems is that sometimes people throw that information out without doing, you know, research on what a major and a degree might really lead to and what it pays and poor philosophy. Everybody picks on those philosophy degrees, <laughs> even though research studies show that, um, you know, the median earnings of those who majored in philosophy exceed those of majors in any other humanity field and is the 16th high, highest in a study comparing salaries across 50 majors wow. in the U.S. So let's not pick on people who take philosophy degrees. <laughs> but again, you know, are you, you know, let's say that you say that and you say, okay, so I'm going to go out into a high paying field, like one of the engineering degrees, but I'm only doing that because I'm at, I'm chasing those dollars mm -hmm. and it's not really what I'm best at. Well, you know, you may not make the average then you may make the low. And yeah. if you're not, it's not playing to your strengths. Whereas you could go into a degree where maybe the average isn't as high, but if you're the best at it, you'll make more. Mm -hmm. So let's be a little careful, you know, at least do your research. But I think considering also what people are passionate about and what they're best at, that's my values coming out. But there is some data behind that too. No, I definitely agree with you. I was just kidding about the underwater basket weaving and, um, you know, teasing. Um, but if you were the listeners. best person at doing basket weaving underwater, like maybe you would be in all the, you know, art museums around the world. Yes, Kathy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just um, saying. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I see your, I definitely see your point. Um, I just know, you know, some parents have higher expectations for their children than others. Yep. As well. And so I think that, you know, just again, having that, we talk about having that conversation, but like, I think, I think something about like, what does that conversation look like is important too. Like it's, it's just not one conversation, right? It's not like, Oh, we sit down and we're like, 
you know, they're ready. They're 18 years old and they're ready to go off to college like in a month. And we're like, well, this is how much we can pay. You know, like I think it's more of like a continuous conversation, um, you know, from little, like when they're little, like, Hey, I'm saving for you for, you know, a future degree, whatever it is, you know, like we want you to be successful to, you know, looking at more like later on, like if they're like, if like, let's say they're babysitting or doing some kind of like newspaper work or whatever it is, you know, like they're making money, like maybe some of that money goes towards, you know, saving for that as well. So, uh, I think it's an ongoing conversation because life changes and things can happen. And, you know, the, the income that you once thought you were ha- like the parents income that you once thought were having could, it could dramatically change. So. I agree. And I think also when you're having those conversations all through, um, you know, as they're growing up into young adults and things, I, I have no, pro- I mean, I, I was playing kind of devil's advocates on the other piece, but still I think <laughs> thinking also, you know, what lifestyle are you choosing when you choose a particular major or career? Mm-hmm. Um, some require, you know, a lot of overtime, some require, you know, working odd shifts or things like that. That's a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people, some people said something about, they wish they had on our Facebook posts, they had thought about the lifestyle and the hours required and how that would work with having children. And was there a conflict? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, actually saying to my mom and aunt, like when I was choosing a career, you only talked about like, what did I like? You never said like, what level of lifestyle do I want to have? What, how much do I want to make? Um, because I think that would have been a helpful piece to that conversation. And why didn't you say that? And they both looked at me and said, why would we have said that? It only matters what you like. And I was like, Okay, well, I don't agree with that part, but okay, <laughs> that was where they were coming from. Um, the economics of it didn't matter to them, and actually, that kind of played out in the, how they had been mostly running their lives. But mm-hmm. um, to me, I want at least a level of security. So there are some jobs that really don't make very much money, but might have been a lot of fun. For example, childcare. I love working with kids, and maybe that would have been something I would have gone into. But really, like it's very hard to live off of what we pay people to take care of our children. Mm-hmm. So you know, looking at that. But overall, that might not have been where I wanted to go. Well, even just being a teacher, like look at, you know, people who like love teaching and they want to teach children and, you know, whether it's, you know, elementary, middle school or high school children, you know, like for them, some teachers don't even have a living salary. Right. So I think um, thinking about that as well. Right. So having that as being piece of the conversation definitely makes sense to me. Um, And this is where, you know, when students are like 16, 17, 18, they're really starting to think about like, it is helpful to help them think about like, what do you want your life to look like when you're on your own? Mm -hmm. Where do you want to live? Do you want to, you know, share with roommates? Do you want to have your own place? What do you want to, what hours do you like to work? Um, Those things matter. They do matter. I think that's really important to have young adults think about that. Um, and it doesn't have to look like your parents' lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, some people know. are just happy, you know, with being having a minimalist lifestyle. And some people like, you know, being able to go out, out to eat every night. Like, that's something to really consider later on. Absolutely. Well, we have covered a whole bunch of different things here. Um, that simple question, who should pay for college, parents or students, 
is it really so simple? Um, no, well, it's we not. clearly kind of discussed today since you and I don't even, I mean, you know, not, there's no agreement here, right? No, no, no. And, and of course, you know, like you might hear Kathy and I banter back and forth, but like we, you know, we respect each other and we value each other's opinions. So just know that as well. Like we, you know, we might, we may agree to disagree, but we definitely, you know, want to know about each other's opinions as well. Cause you know, um, something Kathy might say might change my opinion about something I do for Marcus in the future. So like and that. I think it is one of those things where the context matters so much. Like yes. what is your own family situation look like? How many children do you have? How many people are working? How much, you know, how much money is going to other things that are important to you? Mm -hmm. And, and just even that value piece of when do young adults become independent and what does that look like yes. financially? So, so I know we're wrapping up, um, but I, I do think that one thing that we kind of like didn't really touch on was, um, and I wanted to share was like how, how different for me, like having a graduate degree was like, because those weed out classes were kind of like, you heard, I, I, I failed a class three times. Like I really just struggled, but knowing what I wanted to do later in life, like really made me feel better about my choice in my degree, um, especially my undergrad degree. But like while I was in graduate school, I performed better, you know, like I paid for it myself. Um, and while that that's different, but it was also different in being mature and knowing what I wanted to do. So, you know, if you have a student who maybe doesn't fit that, you know, they're not ready to go at 18, like maybe they just hang back a year or maybe they, you know, go off to community college and figure out what they want to do before we start spending more money on, you know, those higher level courses. So just something to also add. Right. And so that kind of also, I think when you're talking about that reminded me of the fact that in the summers when I was in high school and going while I was in college, I had to work and I was mm -hmm. working retail um, in a little beach shop. And well, it was a very nice that beach sounds shop. sounds really Not, nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds really nice. But to me, it was a lot of like dusting, rearranging knickknacks, helping people with bathing suits. And I hated it. Um, <laughs> the people were nice in the store, but I just didn't like the work. And every summer I was like, I am going back to college because this is not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it did keep me motivated, um, you know, making sandwiches while I was in school and working. I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to do other things. Mm -hmm. So um, now I could have worked in that beach shop and said, you know what? I really want to have my own beach shop and this is what I want to do. And that would have been a great experience. <laughs> too. But for me, it kept me motivated to keep working towards that bachelor's degree, which was hard work. So it was hard work. Yeah. And then the master's degree was harder work, but I'm thankful yeah. for them. So, so for things. some reason, my master's work was a lot, e was easier, I think, but, but that is where we start seeing the student loan debt really start adding up is when people go on to graduate school. Mm -hmm. So I am very comfortable saying to people, when you want to go to graduate school, make sure you really want to do it because that's where you're going to start seeing that. Debt. And I, I will say like, um, we were very fortunate in my family that the majority of us had our colleges paid for. And I will say that like, that's a reason why some of my, my sisters won't go to graduate school is because they don't want to go into debt. Um, they're really like hesitant about, you know, pursuing a, a degree, a graduate degree. So, well, and that is probably something we should talk about at the next, another podcast, but the oh, for whole sure. thing about Definitely. loan aversion and what we're starting to see about that in people as well as students. But I think we'll hold on that thought. Yes. That's just a teaser to for something in the future. That's right. Coming soon. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about like, this is kind of a hot button topic. 
Um, we wanted to have a discussion about it. It was really great to have some real input from our friends and family members who decided that they were um, interested in commenting on our Facebook page. So I really appreciate them and their time. Um, but I think, you know, that conversation really does matter. And being honest with your child about like how much you can pay is, is really important. All right. Well, thank you very much for having this conversation with me, Seisha. And I look forward to um, hearing from listeners in the future about this topic and others. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.